0: Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBRI podcast all about the foreign exchange market, where we break down some of the main news headlines in financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of FX. My name is Matthew Ryan, Senior Market Analyst here at and I'm joined as always on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer Enrique Diaz-Alvarez and Market Analyst Roman Zurich. (laughs) So we start today's podcast by looking back at what has been a very busy and and volatile week in the FX market, particularly following Wednesday's FOMC meeting. And we said prior to um, the podcast a couple of weeks ago that we thought the Fed would likely take on a a less dovish stance this month in light of rising inflation and strong recovery seen in the US economy since the start of the year. And that was indeed the case. And in fact, the bank surprised most of the market by a signal that it's becoming increasingly concerned with the aggressive increase in US prices bank's inflation forecasts were raised, and now expects its preferred measure of price growth, which is the PCE index, to rise to 3.4% this year, and from the 2.4% that was penciled in back in March. Of even greater significance was the upward shift in the bank's dot plot, and this shows where policymakers expect rates to be over the forecast horizon, and this continued to indicate stable rates this year and next, but it also showed two hikes in 2023, having previously shown none.
1: And the latter
0: was very much behind the aggressive move witnessed in the dollar, which rallied across the board, ending trading last week up anywhere between 1% to 3% against most major currencies. But what do you guys both think about last week's Fed meeting? In particular, its revised dot plot, and of course, the FX reaction. I mean, I was
1: definitely taken a bit aback, not so much about the dot plot. I expected uh, them to bring forward the... uh, the first hike into 2023, and frankly, 2023, 2024 make, doesn't make that much difference because uh, it just means that the first hike is very, very far away. But I was a bit taken aback by Jeremy Powell in the press conference, because Jeremy Powell, the chairman of Powell, has been perhaps on the dovish end of the opinions of the Federal Open Market Committee that makes a, the monetary policy decisions in the U.S., And yet at the press conference, I thought there was a significant change in in his outlook uh, in the sense that he recognized that uh, the main constraint to the US recovery and to bringing back the jobs that were lost uh, during the pandemic was no longer the demand side, there was plenty of demand, but rather uh, the supply side, meaning that uh, a lot of those workers, that, that those 7 million jobs that are missing relative to what we were at the beginning of the pandemic uh, some of those people have decided to take early retirement, other people have moved, other people are having trouble finding childcare. So it's not just a matter of uh, making sure there's enough monetary and fiscal stimulus. You have to give time and you have to help the supply side absorb this work in a productive manner. And that was, so, so the, the, the tenor of his comments in the, during the conference uh, had changed significantly. Now it is true that we're still talking very theoretically I mean, uh, we're not talking about hikes until 2023, 2024. Uh, there's been no discussion that I can see about tapering of actually starting to, to uh, when is the this enormous pace of purchases of treasuries and mortgage bonds going to stop? So this is all still at the very theoretical level, but nevertheless, it is a significant change in tone.
2: Okay, so when it comes to the Fed meeting last week, I think that the most interesting part was in fact the change in tone so uh, on the one hand we saw that the fed may not be as tolerant to an above inflation uh, to above above target inflation and on the other hand we saw that uh, the tone regarding the situation and the prospects uh, of the labor market uh, has shifted, uh, in my view, uh, quite significantly. Uh, The poll suggested that in one or two years from now, the situation uh, should be significantly improved. Uh, So this was, I think, the most surprising to me. Uh, And uh, in addition to that, uh, what was interesting was the EM currency spectrum reaction. So we saw the two main emerging market market currency indices that we follow, the MSCI and the JP Morgan, uh, declining by 1% to 2%. uh, And this was quite significant. And in my view, it was an overreaction. And I think that this view was uh, validated at the beginning of this week when we saw the many emerging market currencies stabilizing or uh, reversing uh, some of those losses. And I'm still quite comfortable with our view regarding the appreciation of the EM currencies going forward. Uh, Generally, I don't think that uh, what we saw from the Fed changes the situation that significantly. We are basically talking about a slightly earlier timetable for heights, but we are still looking at uh, 18 months ahead and maybe even a 24 month ahead period. So this is still a, a long way to go. And many EM currencies, many EM countries are already uh, reacting by hiking interest rates. So those currencies uh, should be immune uh, because of that, uh, at least to a a significant extent, in my view.
1: I I would agree with that. I would agree that uh, it's not quite enough for us to change our our general view that uh, this massive fiscal monetary stimulus in the developed world is, is a positive for in uh, inflationary trades and emerging market currencies, in particular, I think we need to pay close attention. It is true that so far, you know, wars are cheap. I think it could be that the Federal Reserve is trying to <clears throat> allow its rhetoric to do the the work, the inflation fighting work uh, that policy used to do. Uh, and I think that we should be wary of taking it too seriously until we see some specifics as to reduction of this monetary stimulus, in particular. Uh, a, a tapering of this this massive purchases of uh, treasury mortgage bonds that they're conducting every month, but it is it does bear uh, watching closely.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm pretty much on the same same page as both of you. I, I we, t- we talked about this internally yesterday. I, I, was, I was certainly a little bit surprised um, by the extent of the rally in the in the dollar off the back of um, the Fed meeting. We sort of went in, and the market went in expecting a, a less dovish tone. The market was bracing for a dot plot that showed at least one hike uh, before the end of 2023. Uh, and that's indeed what we got. But I think the move was probably exacerbated by a couple of things. Firstly, probably was the number of uh, members that now see higher rates over the forecast horizon. It was up fairly significantly to 13, um, now expect hikes before the end of 2023, from the seven that they expected that back in March, which is very much, I think, on the upper end of what economists had anticipated. And also, I think there was a significant unwinding of short positions um, that were held prior to the meeting. And investors have generally adopted, I think, a relatively bearish view of the dollar so far in the second quarter, you know, betting that the removal of COVID restrictions would be good for risk appetite, bad for the dollar. Um, but actually now with the Fed sort of bringing forward their expectations of the timing of the next rate hike, I think that's certainly at the very least softened that narrative and I'm sort of certainly less bearish on the dollar than I was um, this time last week I think we'll move on now to our second main topic um, we're going to focus firstly on the, on the Bank of England meeting which is coming up this Thursday and also talk about our, our general thoughts on how authorities around the world are responding to rising inflation now the BOE's Monetary Policy Committing, Committee has actually been among the more hawkish uh, the main central banks in the past few weeks. We've heard a lot from outgoing Chief Economist Andy Haldane who has warned over the risks of keeping policy too loose for too long and even some of the more dovish members um, on the MPC have suggested that hikes may be needed in the UK perhaps even as soon as next year. So there's no new macroeconomic projections or inflation report on Thursday from the MPC but I think uh, investors will still be paying very close attention to the bank's view on where it stands in, in, the, in the pending global rate hike cycle. Uh, indeed, we're seeing a number of central banks around the world turn hawkish, either by indicating the tightening in policy may be on the way or already beginning the process of raising rates. As we've talked about, central banks in the likes of Russia, Brazil, expected hike rates again in the next couple of months. Hungary has done so today and and others are expected to follow suit, including the Czech National Bank uh, on Wednesday. So, over to you both, what are your views, firstly, on the Bank of England meeting and or just your sort of general thoughts on the response from central banks uh, in light of rising inflation?
1: Well, my view has always been that the Bank of England... uh, tends to be one of the more nimble banks out there of the major of the, the three key banks in which we focus, which is the ECB, the Bank of England, and the Federal Reserve, is perhaps the most nimble institutionally and quicker to react to the, the change in landscape. Uh, and I thought that there was a chance that they might be they might lead the other two banks in in studying the process of withdrawing monetary uh, monetar stimulus. And that view is going to be tested on Thursday. Will they follow the uh, Federal Reserve lead and uh, take a more hawkish turn, I think there's a significant chance of that. I think there's a significant chance that we see a, a surprisingly hawkish, again, pro- not change in monetary policy, just like the Fed, but uh, a significant change in rhetoric. I mean, so we could have a, a, a nice pop in the pound if that happens.
2: Yes, so I think that Thursday will not bring any particularly important monetary policy decisions. This is not a super Thursday, so they're not going to unveil projections and there won't be any big press conference uh so i think that uh, with any announcements they might want to uh wait uh to the meeting when we are going to have those uh, however i think that they uh, they're going to be a bit more comfortable being a bit more hawkish uh, especially that the inflation in the uk has surprised to the upside recently so i think that the bank of england uh Among the three banks that we are focused on the most, so the uh, ECB, the Fed and the Bank of England, uh, I think that the BoA has uh, been the most active uh, and uh, would likely stay that way going forward. So I wouldn't be surprised if it raised rates uh, in 2022, uh, before the Fed in 2023. And I think right now uh, this will be in the scenario that the markets uh, are going to be looking at uh, more closely. And I think it would be interesting to see how the bank will respond to those expectations uh, going forward.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do think it would be an interesting one. I think this meeting this week may actually take on slightly more uh, importance than, than usual, particularly after last week's Fed announcement. Um, as is usually the case, of the big announcements, the major policy shifts, usually um, occur as a quarterly inflation report and the the projections are released. Um, This meeting won't be one of those, but um, as we've touched upon, I think there is a chance we could see at least a sort of soft hint from the MPC that is considering raising interest rates perhaps as soon as next year. Um, We've already had comments from one or two members in the last few weeks that they see hikes. Possibly as soon as 2022, if the, the rebound in the UK economy continues uh, on its current trajectory. Um, and in fact, the market is actually pricing one in in Q3 uh, of next year, which is significantly sooner than, um, for instance, the Federal Reserve indicated last week. And um, we've already heard from other central banks, Bank of Canada, for instance, Reserve Bank of New Zealand, um, that have suggested they expect to the hike rates around then. Um, and I would I would very much put the Bank of England in a similar sort of camp to those two. Um, Having said that, I think probably my base base case scenario would be for the MPC to perhaps wait until August um, before uh, sort of engaging in a more forceful forward guidance uh, at which stage the bank should have a a better idea um, as to the unwinding and lockdown measures, which of course in the UK are set to be the next uh, sort of landmark for all restrictions to be removed. Uh, is on the 19th uh, of July. So they should have a much better idea um, as to both the recovery in the UK economy um, and also the impact that that's having on UK inflation. We'll finish then by talking about our spotlight currency for the week. Um, We talked in our last episode about one of the worst performers in the past couple of months, the Peruvian new soul. Uh, This week we'll discuss one of the best and that's the Russian ruble. Uh, the, The ruble has rallied Around the 72, 73 level uh, to the dollar was up around 6% from its lows in April. that has been helped by a combination of both rising commodity prices and the aforementioned rate hikes um, that we talked about earlier from the Central Bank of Russia. A host of economic indicators as well have also turned positive and the Russian economy appears on the brink of returning to its pre-COVID size. Um, but what do you both make of the ruble? Um, and do you think, is, is it a buy, sell or a hold opportunity? I mean, clearly a buy. If you like emerging market
1: currencies in general, you have to like the uh, the ruble. And in fact, I will notice that oil prices have barely even noticed this this uh, this market uh, wobbles from last week after the Fed. I mean, oil is actually higher than it was before the Fed started its hottest turn. Uh, <clears throat> so I think that uh, our bullish view on ruble is, has been completely validated by the price action of the last five days, and I'm definitely the size of a buy? It's, it's,
2: there are you know, a number of reasons that are in favor of, of the currency. So one, we had a significant rally in the commodity prices uh, and there, as Enrique said, uh, is increasing further, uh, at least looking at the oil price after the Fed meeting. Uh, and Russia has quite good economic fundamentals. Uh, we have a large positive current account surplus uh, and we have a, a large stock of reserves the growth is relatively immune to uh, sanctions. Uh, However, there are a few negatives uh, that I think need to be taken into consideration when looking at ruble right now. And the one is that it's uh, probably the number one political currency in the world. And contrary to some Latin American currencies, this uh, most of it has to do with international uh, politics and particularly relations with the West, with the United States uh, and the European Union, but mostly with the United States. So ruble is... Uh, very fragile when it comes to any talk of sanctions or any imposition of sanctions. And we were able to see it at the beginning of the week uh, when we got um, information that the U.S. is working on further sanctions for the poisoning of Alexei Navalny, the Russian uh, opposition leader mm, who is in jail. Uh, And uh, additionally, uh, the situation on the COVID front in Russia is actually turning quite bad right now. So not only the vaccination rollout is slow, uh, currently only around 24 doses have been administered to 100 people, which is significantly lower than in the EU or the US, where it is around 73 and 95 respectively. And even uh, the other large market, market countries like Brazil, Turkey or China, uh, they are much further ahead uh there is a unwillingness, I think, in Russian people to get the vaccine. Uh, and uh, this has translated into an increase in the number of cases in coronavirus. So right now we are looking at levels that we saw uh, at the turn of January and February. Uh, and uh, this has also translated into increasing deaths. So, uh, yes, the ruble fundamentally is a very good currency. It's extremely undervalued on many fronts, particularly uh, looking at the comparing it with the commodities, particularly oil. Uh, However, this is a risky currency, and I think that it should be stressed that it can move uh, in any direction depending on how will Russia's uh, foreign relations look. Uh, However, that being said, I would still think that the uh, argument that it's undervalued wins. And I would still think that at the levels that we that we are currently, it is still a buy.
0: For me, yeah, I think it's, it's a it's a big buy opportunity for me, and it has been for a while actually. Despite those downside risks that you mentioned, Roman, I think what we're seeing at the moment is a in terms of the review, a culmination of a number of supportive factors that I would expect to continue um, for a little while yet. Uh, on the one hand, of course, we've got commodity prices that have, have risen across the board so far this year, particularly oil which is good news for the Russian ruble and I expect we could get potentially further gains in oil prices as vaccines are rolled out around the world and as restrictions globally um, are removed and the central bank of Russia of course as we've talked about has been one of the more hawkish uh, in the EM universe which is another supportive factor for the ruble Um, I would expect another 50 basis point hike in the next meeting in July um, we could see additional ones during the remainder of the year and that presents quite an attractive proposition um, for investors, particularly, um, I think, if real rates in Russia return back into positive territory, which I think they may well do um, in the coming months. And that's it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the FX market, visit Ebre's website, follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favourite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear more on during the upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a fortnight's time. Thank you all very much for listening.